So listen, I want to talk to you just for about maybe 20 minutes or so on new birth. For some people, it might be repetition. You may say, I know this already, but I think you're going to hear some things you may not have heard or considered. And I want to talk to you about how significant new birth really is. I want to make sure that every person that comes in contact with our ministry, watches us online or visits us in the sanctuary, they've heard this message that you must be born again. Listen to this, brothers and sisters. If you attend a ministry, if you go there often, every week, however often, and you never have the new birth experience, it's no different than just going to some some place where you know you're just encouraged and because the, at the heart of this thing is being born again. At the heart of the gospel is being born again. And when we get into this in weeks to come, I'm going to show you that all you have to do is open your eyes, look around your world, and you will see the necessity of being born again. Before we go into this, I want to share something that happened last week. This is part one. The Member of Parliament for Ontario, the Solicitor General, by the way, that's in fact one of the, I would say he is the highest law enforcement officer in the province. That's why he spoke so much about the police officers and safety in the community. He asked me, I didn't ask him, he asked to come to speak to the congregation. He wanted to talk with us. And so we worked with his calendar and that Sunday was the best Sunday for him. And when he came, he spoke to the congregation, for those of you that were here, and somebody said to me after the service, I don't, I don't really know if there was any value in that, him coming. And then I explained a few things to that person, and then they said, I, I get it now. When I went home, I watched the broadcast like I always do, and I read the comments, not a lot of them, and there was a comment. A person said, um, I'm sorry, but I didn't see the value in the MPP. And then it, it dawned on me that at times... Because, and I've said this in Bible study, at times we've made Christianity about us. Listen carefully, we've made it individual so that the only thing we want when we come is, I need a word. I need something. And when you think like that, look, if you look at yourself right now, if you look down at yourself, you'll realize that you can't see anything else because you're focused on you. Even your peripherals are being challenged because you're looking at yourself. And what I wanted to explain was, watch this. We had in our presence the, let's use the term, the chief law enforcement officer of the province at a time, and all we had to do was just look in the news at a time when there's violence everywhere in our city. Right now, people are challenged with whether or not they should take to TCC. Am I right? And we had him in our midst. If you listen to how many times he used the word community, because that's really where the church should be thinking. How do we engage community? But bigger than just what he said to us, we had him and he allowed us to stretch our hands to him and to pray for him. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. The Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, first of all, we should pray for kings and rulers and those who are in authority that we may live a peaceable and quiet life because it's the will of God that all should be saved and none should perish. So watch this. We say, I want to pray for government, but we've got to make up who... who. He's sitting right there. 
and we miss the fact that he was actually in our midst and we got a chance to pray for him that God would give him wisdom and strategy sometimes we're missing the move of God because we're looking at ourselves and what we can benefit from it and not seeing what God is actually doing so the member of parliament wasn't trying to be a preacher that's my job or anyone else who comes up here to preach he actually came in my belief because the Holy Spirit directed him for us to be able to cover him and pray for him I want us to begin as a ministry to think outside of the box with respect to what God is doing in the world if not we're going to consistently entertain ourselves focus on ourselves and we're going to eat and become fat and do nothing with it so let's talk about new birth and we thank God for everything that he's doing each week when I when I pray and my weeks are challenging I'm sure you, yours are as well I believe that it's hard at times to believe some of the things that the Bible says when the eyes see the world and the condition that it's in and that's where faith comes in and Leslie saying this morning I still believe what my eyes cannot see I still believe that the kingdom of God is going to cover the earth as waters cover the seas I still believe that this gospel is going to be preached in every nation for a witness before the end comes so you have to hold on to faith in those areas and still believe that God is going to do what he says this is going to help us new birth is going to help us to understand the things of God and what God is doing in the earth Let, let's go into this for just a moment I want to show you something Jesus taught new birth and he actually taught it as something that was critical so you remember the story in the Gospel of John chapter 3 he encounters Nicodemus who himself is a religious person studying scripture but missing God think about that for a minute spending time whether it's in temple or synagogue but yet not knowing what God is doing that's why Jesus asked him he said are you a teacher of Israel and you don't know these so we can miss God even though we're doing the rudiments and the things of God and he goes through an explanation of the necessity of being born again and listen to what he teaches this is why this is important he teaches number one that new birth is a must if you and I are going to see the kingdom of God the reason why I'm teaching this is if you go to Matthew 6 33 the Lord tells us that what we should be seeking first above anything else in life it's the kingdom of God you cannot seek what you can't see you can't go after what you can't see let's just be honest so we can talk about religious things and I call that jargon we can talk about religious things but unless you can see and he's not just talking about the eyes the word see there is the word for understand if you don't understand the kingdom of God you cannot go after it and the Bible says that's what we should seek as priority one so he says unless you are born again you cannot do this so then I say to him it's in, it's imperative that I'm born again before I start talking about kingdom because if I'm not born again I'm just having a conversation about religious things and I might frustrate myself to the point where I end up giving up or I may just go through a routine and spend all my days doing routine things 
and never ever apprehend the kingdom of God. He says, it's a must if I'm going to see it. There is a scripture for you, John 3 and verse number 3. Verily I say unto you, except a man or woman be born again, cannot see the kingdom of God. I must be born again. Let's go one step further now. Watch what he says in the next verse. He says, unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom of God. And here, whereas seeing is understanding, entering is actually experiencing it. So he says, unless you're born again, and watch this, can I make a statement? You can experience great church services and not experience the kingdom of God. You can travel all over the world and go to great conferences and never experience the kingdom of God. So it says, except you are born again, you cannot enter. He's, I don't think he's talking about a door being open and you stepping in. He's talking about the experience of that kingdom where the kingdom of God is at work in you and thus at work in the world. And that's what we want to experience. Watch this. Can I make a statement? We do not want to experience church. We want to experience the kingdom because if we experience church, we're experiencing ourselves. And when you experience yourself, you're abusing yourself. That's what we used to say when we were younger, you know. We used to say that in school. We didn't know what we were talking about. When a guy had his hand in his pocket, I don't want to be cross. And they would say, you know, hey, are you playing with yourself? Do you remember that statement? And what we recognized was that if you play with yourself, you're actually abusing yourself. And so what the church has to be careful of is that we're not just abusing ourselves and entertaining ourselves, but we're experiencing the kingdom of God because that's what we take out into the world. And that's what's going to impact the world. If you're honest with yourself, you would say this, I've been going to services for a long time. I've experienced a lot of things in services. There must be something more than just this. If you're honest with yourself. There's got to be something more than just, this is great, but there has to be something more that changes people's lives. Watch, that transforms how this world works. Has to be something more. And so Jesus says, unless I'm born again, I can't experience this. And he makes it clear in John chapter 3, verse 5 again, except you're born. And he starts going through now the steps of it. Because birthing is a process, so he starts to identify the steps. He, he, he and we'll talk about this in days to come. He introduces water as one of the means of new birth. He introduces spirit as one of the means of new birth. And he means to educate Nicodemus on what it means to be born again. The kingdom of God is this. I'll give you two definitions. One we used in Bible study a few weeks ago, and we're resuming this Wednesday just for those who are, who are curious about that. The kingdom of God, I try to give simple definitions. Whatever God is doing in the earth, that's the kingdom. Whatever God is doing. So do you see why it's important to be born again? Because you can't see what God is doing unless you're born again. And whatever God is doing, that's why I told you before, you might see something happen in a service and not recognize that's what God is doing. Can you imagine this, brothers and sisters? Can you imagine this? Jesus walked among people that didn't recognize what God was doing. 
Think about that. God came in the person of Jesus Christ, walked among them, and some people failed to recognize what God was doing. The kingdom of God, whatever God is doing in the earth, Watch this. It's not what we think about in our denominations, and our camps, and our groups. God may not be doing anything there. And so the kingdom of God opens me up and gets me to understand this is what God is doing in the earth. And what I want to be about, and I hope the same for you, I want to be about what God is about. And that doesn't always look what, like what we think it should look like. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 6. That which is born of flesh. In other words, it's carnal. It sees carnal things. That which is born of spirit sees and understands spiritual things. And God is a spirit. The wind blows where it lists if you hear the sound, but you cannot tell where it's going and where it's coming from. So are those who are born of the spirit. I want to know where God is. Something came to me, uh, I think it was uh, Thursday or Friday of this week about the Bible studies. I have two, three lessons to do in the book of Deuteronomy. I had opened the Bible one day, I was reading the book of Proverbs, and the Holy Spirit, I, I believe he speaks to me, said this is what you should focus on after and spend some time in the area of wisdom. Because what we need today, and wisdom is that, it's that skill to understand where God is, what, he, what he's doing, where he's going. We need to be able to recognize God in this world and line up with him and partner with him and say, listen, say what he's saying and do what he is doing. Now listen, watch. Let's go one step further and I'll show you this. The kingdom of God is also this. It's God being in charge in the world, but through me, through you. Now think about that. Wherever you are, whatever placement God has you in, he wants to be in charge in that area through you. That's what I'm telling you. It's bigger than a service on Sunday. If he has you in the educational system, he wants to be in charge through you in that area. That's why the kingdom of God is not something you can see. The kingdom of God is actually in us. It's wherever God has placed you, he wants to be in charge. That's why we say Jesus is Lord. He cannot be Lord on Sunday and not be Lord on Monday. Am I talking right? He cannot be Lord in church moments, service moments, and he's, either he is Lord of all or he's Lord, not at all. And so the kingdom of God, put your hand on yourself, everyone. Put your hands on yourself. The kingdom of God is within me. If I'm born again, the kingdom of God is within me, waiting to come out. That means when I speak, I speak the language of the kingdom. Are you following what I'm saying? That's how it works. Whatever I do, that's the work of the kingdom. And wherever I go, the kingdom of God goes there. And in that area, people begin to see, oh my goodness, Jesus Christ is Lord. I didn't know the light shines in the darkness. The darkness can't do anything about that. The kingdom of God revolutionizes how we see the world. 
that we stop dichotomizing the world and compartmentalizing the world, having holy days and holy spaces, the earth belongs to God. If the earth belongs to God, there's no such thing as a holy day or a holy space. All of it belongs to him and everywhere, watch, everywhere is holy. <laughs> I don't think you believe that. You mean downtown where all that, yes, down there. The only reason why it looks like that is because God is not in charge through me. And wherever he's not in charge, a squatter comes in. Are you following what I'm trying to say? An illegal comes in. Someone who shouldn't be there occupies space. Because someone who should be there has reneged on their responsibilities. And then you would see why Jesus would say things like, don't be ashamed of me in public, because I'll be ashamed of you when we get to eternity. Because at some point in your job, he's in charge through you. Then we can begin to have conversations about companies being transformed and countries being transformed and disciplines being transformed then you don't have to tell me about someone coming on Sunday to give their life to the Lord. They're giving their lives to the Lord on your job. Oh, Jesus. You're just directing them to a local house where they can be rooted. The apostles understood this and everywhere they went. But I'm not teaching anything different, am I? Jesus, listen, can I show you something? Jesus seldomly went to the synagogue. You would think that's where he would go all the time. And when he went to the synagogue, those in the synagogue didn't really like his stuff. Hmm? And in fact, after one service in the synagogue, service finished, Robert, they finished playing, worshiping. They wanted to throw him over a cliff right after service. Huh? But when he went to the marketplace, when he went to the seaside, when he went to the mountains, multitudes came to hear the message of the kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go into this now. We're almost finished. There you go. The kingdom of God is within us. God wants to rule within us. So let me put it like this. If he's going to be in charge in the world through me, the first thing that he's going to do is he's going to take charge over my life. I'm going to give you something very practical. I want you to go to the book of Proverbs. I believe it's chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. I want you to put that in your heart. Every decision you're going to make, every decision, I want you to consult God on it. Every direction of your life, I want you to ask God, should I go here? Should I do this? Should I say this? It might sound almost pedantic, um, rude, but what you're really doing is you're saying, God, you're in charge. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own, understand, but in all thy, acknowledge him, and he will direct. He's in charge. Even in the small matters that you think would bother him, 
I've discovered this, that the enemy of our soul understands that sometimes he can't fool you in big things, but he will hide himself in small things. And the Bible calls those things little foxes. And when you're about to be productive, they spoil the vine. So even in those small decisions, consult him and say, would you do this, God? Should I really buy this? Should I really go here? Are these really the people that I should associate with? And he wants to direct our path. I'm going to show you in weeks to come the threefold experience. We're going to talk about repentance. And I'm going to show you something because over the years people think, well, I repented. I'm going to show you that repentance is not even an act. It's a mindset. It's a changing of one's mind on a regular basis. It's constantly changing of mind to ensure that the direction is right. That's what the Bible calls renewing our minds, transforming our minds. So it's not the sinner who needs to repent. The saint is always repenting as well. I feel God in the room. Because at times things rise up within us. Sometimes it's even things in our thoughts that we haven't even thought about deeply. That God says, I need you to turn from that. I need your mind different. In other words, I want you to get to a place where the only thought that's going through your mind is the thought that's going through my mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're going to talk about the power of repentance. I'm going to show you how you can repent on a regular basis before God. In fact, my thinking, my theology, Dalton, every time you pray, you should repent before God. That's my thinking. If perchance I've done something, God, if I've done something unawares, if I've displeased the Spirit of God, have mercy upon me, O oh God, according to thy loving kindness, blot out all my transgressions. I feel the Spirit of God in the room. It's when the church has that mind, there's nothing that God cannot do in us. We don't take small things for granted. Here's the truth of the matter. I'm a Christian, you're a Christian, we're saved, you're saved. We make mistakes all the time. Big ones and small ones, moral ones, ethical ones, non-ethical, we make mistakes all the time. When I would do good, evil is present. That which I want to do, I cannot do. I find within myself that there's a war going on. And so I'm constantly repenting before God. We're going to show you how this all works. It starts with repentance. We'll do this next week. You'll see. It's a fruit. The first thing that John the Baptist said when they came running, he said, well, what must we do? He said, bring fruits worthy of repentance. And we're going to talk about that. Because we want God to be able to work through us in this ministry, in our lives. Repentance takes me directly. I have a whole session on the importance of baptism in water. In the new birth process, there are two baptisms. One is in water. The other is in spirit. Some scholars say that there are three. There's one in fire. That's when God, that, that's when God tests us. I'm going to teach you two of them. The importance of baptism in water. I'm going to show you what circumcision is all about. The power of naming and putting God's name on your life. I'm going to show you all of those things. The power of that. Now watch. 
The third step, water baptism culminates in spirit baptism. And spirit baptism in my theology is something that I'm constantly asking God, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I read something somewhere in the Bible. Some of you may have read it, if not all of you. Paul said that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Think about that for a minute. Don't just let it go through a religious mind. Think about what he's saying. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you imagine someone walking around and all of God is at work through them? That person is called Jesus. And today that person is called the church. We want all of God to be at work in us. So that if I stretch my hands, watch this, God stretches his hand. Did you hear what I just said? I need you to believe that. I know some of you said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. If I speak, God speaks. If I enter a room, God comes into the room. I hope you hear what I'm saying. If you don't believe me, I want you to go back to your Bible. Jesus said, the words that I speak, I'm not the one speaking them. The Father in me, he's speaking them. The works that I do, I see him doing them, and I do the same thing. I and my Father are one. Don't let the devil block this message out today because he doesn't mind you thinking, I'm a Christian, I go to church, I have to go. No, he doesn't want you to get to the place where you believe that there is a oneness that can take place between you and God, where there's no distinction between father and son. Oh my God. He doesn't want you to believe that. He wants you to tell you, well, you know, you're a human being and you're a sinner saved by grace and all that has its place. But there are other levels to this thing. Watch. We're, we're through now. This is what the apostles had to say. They put it all together in the book of Acts when they asked. But listen to this. Watch. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. That's not ethereal. We will take it to be ethereal. We will pray and say, let God. How does God arise? In me. When I get up, God gets up. When you get up, God gets up. We have objectified the truth. So God arises something out there. So we pray out there. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. God rise in the room. God's in you. God's in me. God speak in the room. Well, open your mouth. God move in the room. Move your hand. God is moving. That's the proximity of this gospel. When you are born again, there is no separation between you and God. It was sin that separated us from God. New birth means that God takes me out of that sinful, Adamic nature, puts me in the last Adam and reconnects me back to my God. I and my Father, we... Say it with me. Say, I and my father, we are one. The devil is a liar. The church is far more powerful than she knows. 
The church is far stronger than she behaves. She is more than a conqueror through him that loved her. She cannot be defeated when she knows the truth of who she is. Mm. Yes. Paul prays a prayer. He says, I want to know as I'm known of God. I want you to know who you are. I want you to know the authority given to you so that when the enemy comes against you, you can stand flat-footed and tell the devil, you know what you're going to tell him. No weapon formed against me shall. Somebody give God a praise right for that. But I want to stir you up. Mm. And we're going to make some mistakes along the way. Pick yourself up. Dust yourself off. Come on, come on, come on. If any man be in Christ, come on, come on. Come on. Ain't no power on earth can hold me down. So we read this, we're going to have communion, okay? Mm. Glory. If, if, if we don't step out in these areas, Ryan, if we don't step out in these areas, we're going to read the Bible, we're going to be frustrated. Because, well, how, how do they do all of that? How come we, we're so divided, so schismatic, so angry, so, so, so hateful, and the apostles were turning cities up? How come we can't do that? And after a while, we just become so disillusioned that it breeds, uh, what's the word? Uh, there's a word when you don't really care, indifference. So just sort of come and go through motions, hallelujah. And go through motions when we should be turning this world upside down. The apostles, after Peter, you notice why I said Peter? I said, Peter, right? Peter, the foul-mouthed guy, the rash guy was quick with the tongue, the cursing guy, that's what new birth did. I I want you to get that. If you don't study carefully, you'll miss it. He walked with Jesus. He touched Jesus. He sat with Jesus. I'm going to tell you, we're challenged. And when he got to that place where they were going to take him, you know what he did? He started to swear. Can I tell you why he started to swear? Because how he was talking, it sounded like Jesus. And to throw them off the scent, he used language that didn't sound like Jesus. Just to convince them, I'm not with him. And Jesus had his hand on this man's life. That's why when Jesus got up from the grave and he saw the other disciples, he said, tell them to meet me in Galilee and 
tell Peter to come as well. Because he's probably somewhere right now drowning in shame. I've got something for him. I can say this, boy. It doesn't matter what you've done. New birth handles that. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stepped out in the spirit, began to preach the gospel. This same Jesus, whom you crucified, God has made him Lord and Christ. The people heard it. The Bible said they were pricked in their hearts. You see what new birth can change your language to the degree that people listening to you, they ask the question. We are so far behind and we can catch up that we are asking people the question. They were where they're supposed to be. People asked them the question. You see the difference? The difference is we ask, is there anyone here that wants to be saved? That's not what they said. They said, what must we do? You, you see the difference? When we have it right, the unbeliever asks us the question. We don't probe who's here that doesn't. They jump up and say, ah, something's bothering me. What, what must I do? What, what, what must I do to be saved? When we have it right, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? And this is what Peter answers. He says, notice, repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you're going to receive the Holy Ghost. We're going to talk about this. We're going to explore it. I want everyone in this place to be repented. I want everyone in our ministry to be baptized. I want everyone to be full of the Holy Ghost. That's, what I, that's my heart's desire. Because then we can do these final things, which is what we're supposed to do. Watch this, number one. Every believer must be born again. We know that. Every believer, Jesus puts it like this, and you'll see it. Don't be shocked. Don't, don't be surprised, Peter. Don't be surprised that we must be born again. Because we were born flawed. Next week, I will show you this. We were born, if you do a subjective analysis of yourself, you will see, I am flawed. If you do an objective analysis of the world, you'll say, the world around me is flawed. And then you're going to come to the conclusion, behold, I was shapen in sin. And in iniquity, my mother pushed me out. Don't be surprised. Just be honest with yourself. I need a new birth to right the wrongs of the first birth. And then this is going to be so good. Every born-again believer must grow. Do you see that? If we teach it properly, we're growing. That's why the Bible will tell you things like, we're going to go from faith to faith strength to strength glory to glory because we must grow i'm going to warn everybody in this place including myself if you don't grow you're not going to be stagnant you're going to regress there's no such thing as standing still in the kingdom of god you start going backwards or forwards this is why brothers and sisters for those of you that have had that experience this is why sometimes you can see someone that's been in the body for 30 40 years and they are as cantankerous as can be it's not that they don't love God. It's that they're not. And the worst thing, I'm gonna, I, I promise you this, the worst kind of evil is spiritual. 
It's terrible when people aren't growing. So when you were born, you do this exercise. When you were born, I don't even think you have the clothes that they put you in when you came out of the hospital. Or even your two-year-old, five-year-old garments. Because you've grown out of those things. And you're constantly growing. That's what we want. We want our ministry to grow. And Peter says it like this, and I'll stop here. He says, when we're growing, we can lay aside, look at all these items. Am I, am I, am I in the book today? Because aren't these some of the things that we're struggling with? Malice, guile, hypocrisies, envies, and all kind of evil speakings. Is there anybody here that needs to give their life to Jesus? <laughs> huh? And then he says it like this. As newborn babes, take your Bible. Put the soother of your Bible in your mouth and begin to drink the milk of the word. And it will give you strength. And at some point, Henji, you're going to find I've had enough milk. God turns the very milk into meat. And you start chewing the word of God. And you start discerning between good and evil. Because you're growing in the likeness of the son of God. Every head bowed in this moment, even online. I just feel the Holy Spirit. Robert, a little louder. This is our prayer. This is our heart's desire. I must be born again. And if I am, I want to grow in grace, in the knowledge of the Son of God. I want you to take 30 seconds in your own space, because we're going to serve communion now. I want you to find areas that you may need to repent of. Mistakes that you may have made. I made a few this week, some egregious, some not so egregious. Take 30 seconds and simply say to God, I'm sorry for this. I confess this. I confess that. If you haven't received an emblem, I'm going to ask our coordinators, look for the hands that are raised. Slip your hand up. If you haven't gotten a communion emblem at home, if you can begin to prepare. And sanctuary coordination, if you can just quickly go to them. While in this moment, it's a moment of repentance before God. It doesn't matter what you've done. I'm going to keep saying this. It doesn't matter what it is. The blood of Jesus is efficacious in this moment. For if we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Father, I have not walked in your will this week. I've not obeyed the word that you've directed in my life. I've been immoral, unethical. I've used my tongue in profane ways. I've not spoken truth. I've not even thought well about myself and others. I've lost my temper and occasion. I was aggressive on the road, Jesus. I wasn't courteous. I was aggressive even in the mall. I lost patience. I wasn't kind when I should have been kind. I didn't speak to my spouse with the right tone. I didn't speak properly to my brother and sister. 
I may have said something that I should not have said behind someone's back, but I'm in the sanctuary and I want to come to your table. I'm going to ask Charles to serve the musicians, serve music and worship arts. I'm praying that everyone has a vessel. We're going to take communion seated. After we take communion, we're going to invite the family to come with their baby. We'll stand at this time. We'll bless the baby and we'll let you go home. I'm 15 minutes over. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for even allowing me to share this word. And I want you to know that I am in no way worthy of any word that I've spoken. My worthiness is in Christ Jesus. He is our righteousness. I pronounce that over this congregation. That he is the righteousness of God for us. He has been made sin for us. That we might be made right and in right standing with God. And our children are clean through the lineage of our righteousness in Christ. If your children are with you in the sanctuary, make sure that they have something that they can participate in as well. If you have a baby in your hand, I'm going to step on on a limb and say, take a little bit of that. And if they're able to put it in their mouth and let what is in that cup and in that bread extend to your families. In the name of Jesus. Charles, may I get something for myself just to demonstrate with them? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Can you take this for me? Leslie, would you come and join me? If you're sick in body, this has healing properties. If you're sick in body, this has healing properties. Because it's the body of Jesus Christ. We're not Catholics in this place in the true sense. So I'm not turning this into something. But I'm using faith to release something through this symbol. And I believe that as I take the bread, I invite you to do the same. As I take the bread by faith, it becomes to me the body of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, watch, it was broken for us. If he was broken for us, that means we can be made all through him. Glory to God. Has everyone been served? I want you to take it and just lift it up to heaven. just want to see that everyone's staff, television, music, Sanctuary Coordination, do me a favor, Lizardo. Just take your right hand and take one of these. Someone come and stand beside this gentleman on the center cam and just make sure that he has one so he can maintain what he's doing and serve him in Jesus' name. Glory to God. I declare healing for the body. I declare healing for the soul. Healing for the mind. Healing of hearts where you hurt healing in deep places in your spirit healing in your body in the name of jesus this is my body the lord says take and eat of it do this in remembrance of me let's eat together now in jesus name thank you jesus
vessels inside at home I pronounce the blessing of God over your life over this congregation the blessing of God over our lives today in Jesus name 